The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. This week on the podcast, we're talking to master storyteller Shannon Kaysen about a life-changing road trip, Detroit-style pizza, and the worst place to get restaurant recommendations. I went to a strip club in Kansas City. I asked the stripper, I said, where, where can I get some good barbecue? She said, uh... All right, Shannon, there's she your said, first... Go to this place. <laughs> there's your first mistake, asking strippers for barbecue recommendations. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey, welcome to the winemakers. This is Brian Casey with, well, currently with uh, John Myers. And um, we have got Jill and Jamie Benziger on. Bart is at the winery. He is currently climbing up on top of the press. <laughs> we were yeah, nice to see this actually from, yeah. from my point of view. It's like, I hope he doesn't slip and fall in. That's all. It's oh God. And, and I'm about 10 minutes away. So if he did, he, he'd, it'd probably be dead by the time I got it's there. Recording. It's, it's recording. We'd have evidence. <laughs> well, Brian, we have really special guests this morning, quite yeah. frankly, you know, uh, Jill well, and Jamie Benziger. How and, are you ladies? Hey everyone. We're doing great. Very good. And I, you know, those of you that listen to the podcast know that, you know, Bart and I especially have a little special relationship with Benziger. Bart, you know, was on the winemaking team there at Benziger for a long time. I worked in the imagery tasting room. Um, it was after, it was when I was recovering from a car accident, um, coming home from the Four Seasons one night in San Francisco and got clobbered on Lombard and pretty much broke like everything in my body. And so, I, I, and um, got money for it. So as, as I was recovering, rather than just sit at home and do nothing, I got to the point where I was able to walk again. And I thought, I've always wanted to work in a tasting room, but the thing with dirty little secret about a taste room, um, you don't really make a lot of money. <laughs> you, you have to do it for the love of the wine or for the free wine or for the, you know, the environment. A lot of retired people um, go into, you know, to work in the taste rooms because they love being around wine and being around people and talking to people. But, you know, I knew that it wasn't something that I could do that wasn't sustainable. I was like, you know, I'll just do it for the summer. Ended up being there, I think, almost five years just because I loved it so much. So nice to have you both on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I know that, um, you know, Jill, I see at the hotel because she's nice enough to come pour uh, at the Fairmont. And so we've had some good conversations lately. Jamie, I don't see so much, I think, because she's probably busy um, in the cellar and out in the vineyard. Um, but Jamie was uh, in 2019 named uh, uh, on the, she was on the list of 40 under 40 tastemakers for 2019. Um, from Wine Enthusiast Magazine. So young, new generation of Benzigers coming in. We've yeah. had Mike Benziger on the show, so everyone knows the history of the Benziger family, but you guys are now in charge. So how, how did it all come about and, and, how, um, and how are you feeling? Yeah, we're feeling good. We probably won't sound as smart as our Uncle Mike because <laughs> he's... 
uber smart. Yeah. Uh, but things have been going great with us. Uh, we're um, excited, you know, to be the next generation and to have uh, Benzger and Imagery Wines uh, still in, you know, the hands of, of some of the Benzigers. So it's, it's not just me and Jill that are up on property, but um, our uncle Chris uh, is also up there. Uh, and he's, when we're able to travel, he's traveling probably close to 250 days out of the year, um, you know, selling both Benziger and Imagery wine. So it's, it's really a team effort. And, yeah. you know, we, we just feel super grateful to still be a part of, you know, the family business, even though it took quite some time for us to get back into the family business after we had our internships after college. Uh, but, you know, uh, we came, both came back in 2015 and, you know, haven't looked back. So it's, it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Bart and I used to see you guys when you were teenagers, pretty much, We, you know, <laughs> coming through the taste room. Um, but, and I, you know, a lot of the stories that I'm sure Bart and I are going to have are stories that we remember incorrectly. So I'm going <laughs> to, wasn't it, was that part of the thing with when you were a Benziger that they wanted you to to not just jump right in, that they kind of wanted you to do something else. And then if you wanted to come back, you could come back. Am I remembering that correctly? Or did they just say, no, child labor is fine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they were like, so I know me and Jamie both worked. I mean, gosh, we started probably the summer before high school. So every summer we would pretty much work at the winery. We would sell tram tickets at Benziger um, uh, all through high school uh, about, you know, three, maybe three to four days a week. Um, and obviously we fell in love with it, but you know, I know for me personally, once I turned 21, that's when they threw me right in the tasting room. Um, but you know, after we graduated college, you know, they want, you know, pretty much when you graduate college, we would all come back to the winery, but they were like, you can stay for about a year. Um, and you know, do an internship. You can try out every single department and kind of see where you fall and then but what we want you to do is we want you to go work for some work somewhere else for three to five years um, and get outside work experience and then if you choose to come back um, you know you can settle your roots here they just wanted to make sure that we were sure that we wanted to be here so yeah yeah I think that probably happens with a lot of family stuff where the people get kind of feel like they're obligated and get thrown in and then and then the guilt that's um, associated with like you want to go do something else and you're not only it's not like quitting a normal job where you just tell your boss to go up off like <laughs> that's your yeah. family yeah. oh <laughs> well, I, I actually got fired like they like the, like my uncle was like Jill you're fired today like you got to go find another <laughs> job <That's laughs> awesome. at least I got a letter I got a, <laughs> no, I got a nice tight written letter that said Jamie time for you to leave <laughs> yeah no yeah didn't I didn't get an get email that. <laughs> could have done right. it by email yeah right through text. Yeah. like they break up now but i think the the so it was kind of when we were in college jill's two years younger than me so probably back in like 2006 and 7 that's when the family was really um kind of dove into family succession so they we started getting some consultants and um they started uh, the partners started doing their own meetings on how uh they can success successfully do succession. That's a mouthful. Uh, and so they kind of came up with this, you know, after you graduate college, if you want to come and work at the winery, please do. You'll be put through an internship. Um, but then after you go through all the departments, like Jill said, then you'll get asked to leave and go find outside work. And 
what we kind of, we started calling it was the flaming hoops of fire because you'd go and you'd do all these things and you'd ask to come back and they'd say, no, you got to do this. Yeah. And you'd go do that. And then you'd ask to come back and then they'd ask you to go do something else. And you're like, well, this is just ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We just want to come home. (laughs) But I think uh, in the long run, it was, you know, we might've gotten burned a little bit and, uh, but it was, well worth it. I think it, we wouldn't change the experiences that we had at other companies for the world. Like I got to work, you know, for, for Phil, uh, in the vineyard for a brief time, um, before I I left him right before harvest, which was (laughs) a little tough, but, um, what? Good timing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) That was like, uh, I remember Mark, uh, who's one of the partners, he was like, Jamie, we need you back at the winery. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm working for Phil. You know that, right? He said, yeah. And I was like, okay, then you can talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that was uh, probably a good move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mark and Phil go way back and they could have that conversation in a way less terrifying way than if it was even you. <laughs> I know, oh, right? <laughs> But well, how, how did it work out, Jamie, that you kind of went into the winemaking role and Jill went into, uh, into another direction? So uh, I think for me, I, uh, my first uh, role in the winery was a harvest lab tech. And I, right off the bat, just fell in love with production, harvest. Uh, I had done other internships, like in marketing, where you're like sitting behind a desk, you know, most of the day. And... Uh, with production and being in the lab, I got to work with numbers. And then I also, uh, I got to work with my uncle, Mike, uh, and my dad, Joe, and they were like, you know, like you were running numbers or like titrating and they'd be like over your shoulder, breathing down your neck. Like, what's the number? What's the number? And, uh, I, I just like loved that enthusiasm and the, just the, um, adrenaline of harvest, you know, you got to go run up and down the hill, like, you just got to really partake in a lot of different things. And so I kind of threw myself headfirst into production uh, when I first started in the lab at Benziger. Uh, and so I was there for about a year and a half. And then, uh, you know, that's when I started to, you know, I did one little stint in the cellar uh, at Villa Maria and I worked at a couple labs. And, uh, you know, from then on, I just kind of, after I turned 21, uh, really started to drink, you know, a lot more wine and hone in my palate as much as possible. Probably have a little bit of a house palate, that's for sure, because I would drink a lot of wine with dad (laughs) and Jill. But um, I just, the whole winemaking thing to me is, uh, I I, I just think it's a lot of fun and, you know, being able to express yourself. And I, I was put in the role, I'm not gonna lie, I thought I was put in the role a little too soon. Like I really felt green. Uh, and dad, you know, he was ready to retire in 2017 and he kind of like looked at me, he's like, you got this, Jamie, don't worry about it. Like, I'll be consulting with you in 2018, like no worries. And I was like, okay. And, and I think now I'm, I'm getting, gaining a little bit more confidence, but there's still a lot for me to learn, you know, especially every year, (laughs) there's always some kind of power outage or fire (laughs) or (laughs) pandemic. (laughs) The last five years haven't been ideal. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a lot of people who are ready re- to retire after 2017. They're like, right? I don't, I don't care how ready you are. <laughs> Take this job, please. And then I'm also, so Jill and I, Jill's the youngest. I'm the middle and we have an older sister, Kelly. Kelly's a little bit more 
reserved. I'm probably in the middle. Like I, I can be in front of people. Wait a minute. I also like being in behind the curtains. And then Jill loves to be in front of people. Like well, that's just her. I don't her love thing. it, but I. She's I, good I, at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but how do those three things associate to consumption of tequila? <laughs> well. Sometimes you have to take drink tequila to get in front of a large group of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, that out. was that was sort of the joke at Imagery. Our wine club parties. I don't know if we consume more wine or tequila at Imagery. Um, I right. I know there was always one bottle on hand, and always a club member used to bring it to Dad, and they used to be like, "Can you want to take a shot, Joey?" And Dad was like, oh, "Okay." Well, it was always funny. <laughs> we'd have these club events you know obviously where it's all about the wine but then you'd have like bobby who was drinking maker's mark you'd have you know, <laughs> my mom was drinking bud light my dad was drinking right. like we're all drinking everything but wine. <laughs> so <laughs> but you know but that's like during harvest you know there's a lot of beer gets consumed you know you guys yeah. you know you taste wine all the time yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, I like it. It's a, it's one of those one of those mornings for sure. <laughs> yeah, and one of the greatest things about about imagery was, you know, at Benziger you had sort of the traditional varietals. You had Cab, you had Merlot, you had Zin, you had Chardonnay, you had the the Decuolo Pinot. But down at imagery, we always thought we were kind of like the cool kids. We were like the boutique side of the of the operation because we had Tempranillo, Barbera, Lagrine. I mean, Viognier, we always had this stuff. So I think it, when I was working there, it was 22 or 23 different wines that were going. So yeah. when, when people came in, whatever it was that they, you know, whatever, you could always find something that someone would like because you had so many tools in the toolbox to kind of turn people on. And I think that's what dad always wanted. I mean, he, I think he was ahead of his time because like back in the day, I know imagery kind of, you know, it took a while for imagery to gain a following. Um, it took a lot of people coming to the taste room, trying to get people to the, to the taste room to taste the wine. Um, and then, you know, dad's told me just over the last five years that imagery has been uh, maybe five to eight years that imagery has been producing some of the best wines that he's ever, he's ever seen. So it was definitely, you know, um, kind of an evolution, I think, for imagery, um, especially with the artwork. But just to get people on property to come taste the wine was tough. Uh, and then once they were able to do that and gain, you know, a wine club and a following, uh, it made for imagery to really kind of, you know, take off and, you know, and fly a little bit more and, and get to people to know the lesser known varietals. It's always yeah. been one of my favorites, that's for sure. I have enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot of it. <laughs> you know, Benziger was always the draw. Like people would go up, take the tour, you know, they'd have, you know, and then we would get the referrals down at imagery. It would yeah. be like, okay, we're sending these guys down. We're sending these guys down. That's basically how it was built for a long time was just kind of feeding off the, the Benziger. They would tell them, you got to go check out our other, our other boutique winery. Yeah. And I think now too, it's like, we see so much cross traffic, um, you know, obviously like if you're a club member at Benziger, you know, you have all the benefits at imagery, vice versa. So, um, but they, they definitely have their own identities, which is so cool. Um, and they're just, they're, they're totally the yin and the yang of each other. And, you know, we often see a lot of people at Benziger, you know, in the mornings, right, for a tour and they get kind of that education. And then when they get to imagery, they can kind of let their hair down a little bit. 
um, relax and, you know, drink some, some different wines that, you know, dad and Jamie have produced. So it's, it's pretty cool to see. Um, and between the two places, you can really spend all day just yeah. in Ellen. So, um, and then you go what? to the lodge afterwards. Yeah. And then you go to the right. lodge for tequila. <laughs> you see all the people that you saw at both wineries. Yeah. She does that all the time. Her groups, I, like she'll meet them, like she'll finish the tour, meet them down at the lodge. And then they're like, come to dinner, Jill. And she's like, okay. And then she's off to dinner. And then, you know, Jill has like, you know, five new best friends over in like North Carolina. <laughs> Well, and yeah. we we all know that Mike is doing you know Glentucky Farm and and growing vegetables and um, what did and among other things and <laughs> and what is what did your dad like what is he doing is he just playing golf uh, a lot of it yes but you know he he is doing I don't know what he does all the time but he is like the busiest retired guy ever but he always has meetings I don't know. Yeah, those <laughs> meetings. But, but. He's on the golf course, I would say starting. I would say he's on the golf course like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So yeah, but he, you know, I think uh, you know he got a tractor for up at his house so he can move dirt. Um, and I'm not like sure where he's moving it. Yeah. <laughs> side to side, place to place. <laughs> Remember, um, your grandfather was a marine, and that was typical of the marine. It's like move that um, pile of gravel over there and then move it back. So um, <laughs> I think that's I might what just be looking for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the pandemic's been challenging for Joe, for sure. He is, he is one to not sit still. Um, you know, he, he found a golf course in Sacramento that was open, you know, yeah. he was going golfing. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he has something up his sleeve at some point or another, uh, you know, his, his brain's always moving. He always has these, you know, crazy ideas. And, you know, I just think he's waiting for the right time to execute. Uh, it's you know. the Joe Benziger tequila brand, isn't it? That's what you're hinting at? Is that the tease that's happening right here? Well, because I'm he's, like he's like the youngest, like, 65-year-old there is. Like, he barely has any gray hair. He works out six days a week. And, like, he literally can't sit still for two minutes. He has ADD. <laughs> like, if he were on this podcast, he would be probably already gone. Yeah. Like, what have been like been out the door, like having to do something? Well, no, there's multiple people to talk to, so I think he would have been okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he would have been talking at the same time to people. Yeah. You know? um, he, he doesn't understand that you're, you know, it's not like you can go off to the side and have a visit. He's, uh, he's retired, but he still loves to be, you know, we keep him still pretty involved. Um, you know, Jamie with winemaking, obviously, I always bring him on. I'm doing so many virtual tastings and stuff like that. Um, he loves to just pop in um, without invitation, but um, he loves to just show his face. Not uh, wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he loves to still be a part of it. Um, he's actually, he's going to be a part of, we have our Italian, of uh, our Italian dinner. We're doing it virtually this year, obviously. Um, but he's going to be on our on our uh, Italian dinner for for imagery this year, so that'll be good. What what wines did you guys have lined up for the Italian dinner? 
Sam. <laughs> Sorry. <My> Probably, bad. <laughs> Sorry to talk about the wine on the wine podcast. Probably, um, I would say probably Sangiovese or Tusca Brava, which is a, a super Tuscan blend, blend, which is one of dad's favorites for sure. Um, we talking about, Sam. Weren't we trying to figure out what the, what the Italian yeah. blend was? Yeah. Yes, that the Dos Limones Sangiovese used to go to. I know, I missed that vineyard. I know, I took it, sorry. <laughs> so does Jose, the, yeah. the main winemaker. And I think we might be pouring actually uh, Primitivo also. Oh, cool. We might be throwing that into the mix as well. Yeah, sometimes we do Lagrine. Um, uh, it just kind Barbera. of- Barbera. yeah, we have, t- are we still doing two Barberas? Yeah. Yeah, one of the two Barberas will do, so. Yeah, yeah it's, we kind of like to give people, like, especially for the wine club events, uh, you know, an array of, like, lighter red to, you know, a heavier red. Right. You know, give people some some variety. Right. Sounds like you have the options. The, yeah. In, they have the, the quiver full of the Italian variety. I mean, that's, you know, what has always been so cool about Benziger is, I mean, about, about imagery is there's always been something for everybody there, right? I mean one of the appeals right yeah that's definitely what you know dad's his winemaking style has been and you know what he's kind of passed on to me is you know to create a wine that you know when you release it it's drinkable now so like people can go home and enjoy it if they want to but also a wine that you know depending on the year that you can you know potentially lay down an age and you know it's still be good 10 to 15 years later Mm. so kind of have that that flexibility for people you know, those who are, you know, impatient and those who are extremely patient and, you know, like to, like to hold on to things. Jamie has more of the patience, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what's that? That is, yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, that is Malbec of Rosé, or Rosé of Malbec. Oh, awesome. From, La- from Lazy Dog? From Lazy Dog, pretty color. That's a gorgeous yeah. color. It's beautiful. They, yeah, and it they, tastes great. They were, because um, they've been making rosé themselves for a while, and um, I believe what they do is they destem the grapes and then um, let them soak for a while. Yeah. Uh, and I... Um, when no soaking crushed, in 2020. Right. And then when we crushed, the, when we crushed the, um, the one bin for still wine or for red wine, um, it was so dark in color just from going through the destemmer. I was like, no, we got to go directly with the press for that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, even well, that's a little dark, but. And you guys, Jamie and Jill, I saw on your Instagram account yesterday that you had some big announcement that you were going to make, but I don't know if you made that already. Um, uh, I don't know if we're allowed to. Uh. Well, keep in mind, this comes it's, out on Friday. So if it's it going to happen on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very it? bubbly surprise. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's 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 either a pet nat or a sparkling. I'm assuming a sparkling with a cork in it. Not a. All the kids cap. are doing piquette, man. It's all about piquette, right? Oh, maybe piquette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's something you know. That's it's it, and it's been tough with imagery is to kind of keep innovation. You know, keep you know new blends coming out. Like obviously, people love you know, what imagery's be- become and the history of it. But that's something that I, you know, hope to, you know, keep going, moving forward with is just the innovation and, um, you know, kind of surprising people with new blends and, 
you know, fun new varietals that, you know, are coming out because we're seeing a lot of, you know, new varietals that Davis is kind of bringing out. So it, it's definitely, you know, a cool time for. <laughs> you have any All favorite right. new ones? What's that? Any favorite new ones? Um, I'd, I, we don't have any new ones right now. Um, I, there's a, a new red blend that I'm thinking I might want to do. Uh, I'm looking at maybe doing like Mouvedra and maybe Tempranillo of some sort. Um, and just, you know, seeing the flavor profiles, uh, for this 2020 vintage, as long as nothing comes out with ashy flavors at the end. <laughs> Right. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how many, how many different vineyards do you source for imagery? Ooh, um, I'm trying to think. Let me see. And do you guys own Sunny Slope? We lease it. It's a long-term lease. lease. It. Okay. Yeah. okay. So it's about 30 years. So we still have quite some time on it also. Okay. And we, can, we definitely consider it like kind of part of the imagery estate, obviously, because they're right next to each other. Right. Um, but yeah, so we consider it one of our estate vineyards, just like we would, you know, like the Benziger estate and like our Dayquello property out in Bodega. Okay, yeah. 10 different vineyards. Okay, 10 different vineyards. So to get all those wines, you've got some vineyards that you're growing multiple varietals in. Yeah. And you guys, I mean, you go, you go pretty far. How far north do you go with your vineyards? Up to Mendocino? Yeah. So, um, yeah, close. We're right on the uh, Mendocino County line. So that's our kind of our flagship vineyard or that's our main like imagery vineyard is, is Upper Ridge up in the Pine Mountain Cloverdale Peak and sits at about 2,600 feet. Uh, and it, it's that AVA is uh, teeters on both Mendocino and Sonoma County. So our vineyards on the Sonoma County end. And that's where we source 11 different varietals. Um, and then uh, when we go down, we get some fruit from Dry Creek. We get some Viognier from the Russian River. Uh, and then um, here in Sonoma Valley, uh, you know, we get the stuff from the Sarah's family. Um, uh, we have Albarino from Bob Silva over off um, Cypress Avenue, um, off Petaluma Road. Mm -hmm. And then we also um, go as far um, well, we get Carneros also, the San Giacomos, and we go into um, um, like Garricky Road, um, where we source from, well, we used to source from Phil, and then, but now we source from Peter Haywood at La Chamazelle Vineyards. Okay. Yeah. And so what does Harvest look like? What's different about Harvest this year for you guys than typical year? When, when you say typical, since 2017, typical for us is, you know, fires most likely, either yeah. at the middle or sort of the tail end of harvest this year, we just happened to start a little bit early with the lightning strikes, but it's, right. you know, it's, it's been challenging for, for a lot of people and everyone's sort of doing testing early on in the stages. And, you know, we were talking about that a little bit. Um, I assume you guys are doing some ferments and sending some, some, um, some things to the lab. Yeah. Uh, we have been doing that. It's been challenging because the turnaround time on getting results back is insane. Um, so it's probably like in the back of our minds, not realizing the extent of all the smoke and, uh, the fires. I honestly wish we would have done it sooner with some of the stuff, but, um, you know, the protocol asked to wait for like 22 bricks or something like that. So on some vineyards we had to wait, 
Um, other than like, but w- even without the fires, and I don't know how you feel, Sam, but I was super excited for this vintage. Um, even though it was a dry year, um, you know, we had, you know, some highs and lows. We had like a warm kind of springtime and moderate temperatures in the summer. And then that heat wave, uh, I thought fruit set looked amazing. Like even the fruit that's coming off right now are just, I, I mean, I, uh, the cab that I brought in last week, I've never seen the perfect, these perfect little cab clusters, like the tiny berries. Yeah. Tiny berries. Concentration was just unreal and the flavors were great. Uh, and then, um, you know, I was happy it was an earlier harvest, (laughs) you know, like 2018, it spanned for like two and a half months and it was just like exhausting. And like, I felt like this year was going to be super condensed. So I was like, yay, like harvest is over. And, you know, but then, you know, we had some added stresses with the fire, but I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm really excited for the whites that have come off, um, and the ones that I have fermenting right now. And the reds, uh, I only have a few that are um, are uh, kind of really uh, at the end of fermentation, so I can't really tell anything. But um, the reds, I guess we'll see uh, probably within the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to spend the money in every ferment that finishes. I mean, we're still going to send that out, uh, you know, before we put it to barrel and get that sample just to see if it has any... Um, any uh, positive results on the the two compounds, guaiacol and four methyl guaiacol? Well, you can't send it to barrel, right? Because if it is if it is damaged, then you lose the barrel. Yeah. So it's uh, I think that there's gonna be a lot of people in that same kind of uh, it's it's gonna be a waiting game. Yeah. Um, you know, as this all, I mean, it is a waiting game and, and we'll just continue for a while. Uh, but I'm totally with you on just like. The people who, if you can avoid any damage this year, um, it's going to be a great vintage. The, yeah. the quality is up. The you know yields, especially like Zin yields, are like really great, and tons of little berries. Yeah. Uh, Grenache, little little berries in Grenache with with less shatter than we've seen in a lot of years. So, um, if you know, again, it's it's a uh, hope you duck and you know av- avoid the smoke. Because if you do, um, it's going to be great. And of course, there's not going to be as much red wine out there in in of you know 2020. So if you get something out there, uh, you'll be fighting against less uh, less clutter. So yeah. it could it should it should be great. And even in the <laughs> microferments, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even in the microferments that we've done, like I like the Sonoma Valley fruit. I haven't tasted anything on the finish for any Sonoma Valley yeah. fruit. Um, right now and so that's I'm pretty stoked about that I am I am worried about higher elevation vineyards like our our upper edge vineyard um, and all that because I think the smoke's been sitting relatively high uh, in some areas well, and that was closer to any active fire too I mean not that it was close but it was in more in wind yeah. shot right yeah exactly so we'll see what happens but I you know it big press cuts, <laughs> you know, you're, you're just going to make the best possible wine you can and try and mitigate or, you know, do what you, do what you can, not let it sit on the skins for too long, get fermentation going as soon as possible. Like with a lot of the fruit that, you know, we source, we, we honestly don't need to cold soak too long because we already get great color up front with the fruit. So just to get enough 
time in the tank before we ferment to get accurate bricks and sugar levels to make any adjustments before inoculating is kind of what the game plan is right, um, right now. And then just, you know, being careful with the, the pump overs and, you know, big press cuts. And what's, what's business been looking like? You guys are, you're probably not doing the, the typical tour up at Benziger where people get, you know, pulled around in the tractor or are you doing those tours still? Uh, we're not, no. Uh, right now we are not doing the big tractor tours, but we are offering, we have our little electric vehicles that we use. Um, what? Yeah, everything's private. Basically, it's kind of... Okay. It's kind of a nice time to come because there's not as many people. And I mean, you're definitely getting a higher elevated experience for the same amount of money. Yeah, you guys should come up. Joe will zip you around the vineyard. Yeah. In a little <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. I mean, obviously, when the, we've had to shut down early a few days because of smoke. Um, but we definitely had we were booked up solid this weekend, which was great. I mean, it was beautiful this weekend. Um, and then it's looking, you know, pretty good for this week and going into this weekend. So, um, yeah, it seems like when the sky is clear, people show up. Yeah, absolutely. And you would be, I mean, even people in the smoke want to come. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're here in town and they still want to taste wine. So, you know, obviously it's hard on our tasting room staff cause you know, we can't, you know, you, we have to be outside. So all day, um, but, you know, people have been pretty understanding overall and, um, you know. I think the wine industry is extremely resilient. Like all yeah. we've been put through, I, I just think there's so many people that have so much passion and um, just to get the word out there that, you know, when, you know, if you can come visit, please do. And, you know, we're just happy to share our home with everyone and absolutely uh, so i think that's like the big message we have so much passion here in like in sonoma valley sonoma county and i know over on the other side of the hill in napa so you know i don't i think it's going to take a lot other than fires and smoke taint and you know a pandemic to to knock us down yeah yeah yeah, yeah maybe an election <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i mean you said it best a second ago jamie is you know the only thing that we can do this year is just try and make the best freaking wine you can and and you don't no matter what's going on that's really the only choice you have you get the grapes you make the best wine you can and keep trucking because there's another vintage around the corner you know and, and people haven't stopped drinking so yeah. in know. fact <laughs> maybe more <laughs> well an imagery imagery is perfect for outside tasting I mean, it's, you've got that huge lawn, you've got beautiful patio, got area in back that's always packed. Um, where are you tasting up at Benziger? Uh, on the, up on the terrace okay. where the barn is. Yeah, so we're, that's basically our tasting space now. And then obviously we have some other tasting spaces like out in the vineyard um, for our tours and stuff like that. So, you know, unfortunately our biggest hit has been groups. Um, you know, we're a huge event site. Um, so not having those larger parties has, you know, definitely been a, a hit for us, but, um, you know, I'm still doing a lot of stuff virtually. I'm actually hosting a corporate group, you know, tonight, um, of 40 people over zoom and we shipped them all the wine and, you know, we're going to do a live tasting that way. So, you know, we're making it work. Um, yeah, not being able to use the cave for dinners up at Benziger is, is such yeah. a bummer you guys have such a great space for that i remember doing some i had actually worked a couple of catered events and 
one one time I was the last person to leave and I didn't realize the how dark it is up there. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have put any more lights in, but I remember not literally when you can't see like three feet in front of your face where yes. you're like stumbling back to the car. <laughs> they didn't lock you in, did they? That's no. almost happened to me a couple times. <laughs> And then imagery, are, because a, a big part of the story of imagery is the artwork. So are you guys, you're probably not able to let people inside to browse the gallery? Um, we're um, actually, I do think we're letting people go in just, it's like a, a certain amount of people at a time. Um, but obviously we're not, you know, we're not booking, you know, hundreds of people at one time. So um, but yeah, you know, people can go inside to use the restroom and check out the gift shop. And so we'll kind of let them see the artwork as well. Um, okay. yeah. yeah, I was watching IGTV, IG live, um, when you guys were with the, you know, because when I worked there, it was, uh, Bob Nugent was the curator, um, who was a professor of art at Sonoma State. And then, but now you have, who is it that's doing that now? Uh, Carolyn A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And something, something that I noticed about the artwork was it seemed to all be, and I don't know if it was just the ones that I was watching, they all seemed to be smaller. Like they were all smaller size artwork. I think they chose smaller ones to get them in the frame, probably, okay. um, <laughs> uh, with IGTV. Uh, but um, oh, no, I see what you're saying. Okay. There's yeah. some bigger pieces that uh, Kara does uh, commission, and she's actually done a great job because she definitely has her own, uh, you know, spin on art and like what she likes to see and what she thinks of imagery and for some of the wines, but she also wants to stay a little bit, you know, traditional, like with Bob's, you know, whole take on it. So she kind of puts, you know, a little bit of each. So you kind of, when you start to see the labels, like the new releases coming out, you can see that there's definitely like a vibrancy and lots of colors that are coming out on these labels. Uh, whereas Bob, you know, had, uh, like a little, they, they weren't so colorful or, or, or modern, um, I guess you would say. Or in those ones was, would end up on the petite Syrah and then the ones with color would end up on the Viognier. Yeah, <laughs> the, right, exactly. I, I, I actually, I don't know if you guys can see this. Oh, yeah. This hangs above my bed. Well, oh, you, that's a cool Since this one. is a, a radio show and not a TV show, Brian, will you I see will, what you <laughs> I will. I will post this picture. Post it, it on is, Instagram, okay. While yeah. I was working at the tasting room, an artist who is actually kind of a famous artist from San Francisco, he's got a gallery in the Mission District, came to the to the winery, did an incredible tasting, invited me to a show in San Francisco later on that week. And when I came, he was in a loft. There was a band playing underneath, a jazz band, and then he was up in the loft and he painted that picture because I was in the audience. He included the Parthenon and it was all kind of a story of his day at imagery. And That's then so cool. like a week later, he called me and said, hey, I'm coming back to Sonoma. I want to give you something. And it was raining that day. And I think he had a Volkswagen van. He strapped it to the top. It wouldn't like fit in. It's huge. And he drove it in the rain and gave it to me. And so I've had that above my bed. It's the, it's, I call it the, the missing imagery label that has never been seen by anyone except me, my wife, and my daughter. That's really cool. That's super special too. Yeah. Wow. To so, have that what, so I guess the big question is if I submit it, <laughs> to yeah. you guys, do I still get five cases of wine for free? 
Yeah, yes, until, until the artist, uh, you know, gets upset. <laughs> so, so I'd have to maybe break him off two and a half cases or something. Yeah, maybe yeah. Just split it. Yeah, that's 50, a cool label. Okay. You should submit that. It yeah. is. It's beautiful. It's actually beautiful, and it would. It um, belongs on a red wine. So did I miss when my computer was shaking off Harvest Brain? Did you talk about sort of the history of the art and the art collection and the labels and imagery and I just wasn't here for it? No, 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 no. Actually, no. Okay. Well, maybe we should talk about the history of the art and the art collection and the labels and imagery a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Tell, so, tell, the, story about, tell the story about your dad and Bob Nugent and how they met. Okay, hopefully it's the same story that we know, Bart. We, we know several different stories of the same story, Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but what then, we were told is that... Tell, tell one of them. That, that dad good. and Bart, actually. So dad was pouring at a polo match um, up in Oakmont. Sorry. <laughs> is that yours? So, it's a signature of the winemakers podcast is somebody's dog somewhere is barking. All, in this in every this time it's not mine. And it's not That's mine. Cool thing. Um, but yeah, um, dad and Bob actually met at a polo match. Um, I believe it's at the polo field up in Oakmont. Yeah. Um, and dad was uh, pouring Glen Ellen um, at the time. And he had already started making um, a, a Chardonnay. Um that he had set aside. He had asked Mike if he could take some fruit aside because he thought the fruit was just too good to be getting lost in the shuffle of Glen Ellen. Um, and so they actually, um, these two big guys got in a huge fight and actually knocked my dad's table over with all the wine. And him and Bob actually, you know, not big guys, um, broke, up the, broke up this fight. Um, and so then they kind of got to talking and um, Bob actually, you know, they, Bob was like, I'm an artist, you're a winemaker, like I would love to do a label, but Bob actually had to, for months, go and talk to the whole, go talk to all the partners, trying to convince them to do a label for, for my dad's wine. Finally, it was an okay. And then the first label that Bob did was a triptych. Um, and it was a it was a piece of art that had to go across three bottles of wine. So you had to get all oh, three yeah. image. So it sold out, I think, almost immediately. And so Bob continued to do artwork um, for my dad's wines and then hence the name imagery. Um, and then Bob started kind of curating other artists and getting other artists to come in. And I think a big part of it was finding artists that were kind of you know, they were still, they weren't famous yet, but they were getting more well-known, but kind of getting them while they'll do an original piece of art for free, basically, or for wine. <laughs> and then... It's called a business model. It's called a business plan. And then it got, yeah. to a point, it got to a point then where it became famous enough that, that there were famous artists coming and wanting to submit, yeah. you know? And, and I think one of the coolest things about it, at least it was this way, I don't know if it still is, but it was the artists could paint anything they wanted. Once they were selected, they could paint anything they wanted as long as it would pass TTB labels. Mm -hmm. And it had to have the, um, it had to have the Parthenon in it. Yeah. And that was it. And, and it wasn't like the partners went in and said, oh, we like this, but you got to change the colors. I mean, it yeah. was what it was. And yeah. for an artist, I mean, that's, that's the greatest. And then, yeah, getting, I heard it was 10 cases of wine, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard different stories too. Maybe at the beginning. We started cheap it out. <laughs> yeah, and then our, like, Billy got upset or something. <laughs> um, but do you know who the first artist was that did the Parthenon? I don't remember. 
Um, but yeah, the Parthenon's just, it's so great because, you know, we do have so many pieces of art. I mean, we've donated a good chunk of the collection to Sonoma State. Um, uh, so that's hang it's hanging all over the university. Um, but, you know, it brings the Benziger and imagery properties together, right? Because the Parthenon is at Benziger, but it also brings you know, about 600 pieces of art together, right? Because they are so eclectic and they are so different. So it's just that one common theme that brings it all together. So um, that was weird when I was working in the taste room. Uh, one of the artists that did a label was Inez Storer. And I just, for some reason, that name stuck in my head and I couldn't figure out how I knew who that was. And I went home and I have this little tiny um, piece of art that's like almost like it's a on a wood block and then it has some paper mache and it's it was given to me by my grandma who was an artist and she used to um, go to the art and garden center in San Rafael down in uh, down in Marin and they they would have these sales of people that that would make art there would sell their art on the weekends and I had this little thing that she bought in 1973 for 25 cents and I still have it on my wall. And I turned it around and it was by Inez Storer. So I took a picture of it and I emailed it to Inez and was like, hey, do you remember this? Like, is this you? And she was like blown away. She's like, holy shit, that's from when I first was starting in the art world. Like, how did you get this? And I told her my grandma was an artist. So then we have this cool little connection. That's amazing. I'm, I'm posting the um, never before seen imagery label on the winemakers Instagram. The future, so. the future imagery label. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the future. That's right. That, that looks like it would be like a good Malbec label. I'll tag, or... Kara, I'll tag Kara in it. All right. I know I'm going to get sued somewhere in this, but. <laughs> Just maybe put a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did not paint this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah right. the, the imagery arts looking i mean we've been seeing some amazing pieces and obviously we redone the tasting room a little bit to make it look more like a gallery rather than just the tasting room throwing up art everywhere <laughs> on every inch of the wall that's definitely dad <laughs> yeah. um so we've definitely made it a little bit more gallery looking <laughs> and what is bob doing these days <laughs> I think he's still, I mean, he's still, you know, working away. I mean, I know he's still paint or, you know, doing his art and, um, you know, we're, but I mean, yeah, I he's still, Bob, uh, Bob, Bob still, yeah, he still paints. I think he has uh, a studio up in Healdsburg. Uh, and yeah, I, he's still painting away. He's uh, done a few labels for us, uh, that we've, uh, I think we just put on the Primitivo in 2000 or the Zinfandel 2018, um so yeah and i think he's also maybe uh following him on facebook i think he's also restoring a car like an old woody <laughs> yeah. and then so so sticking to labels you we we got to find out how this this other imagery label came to be so it used to be they all had these original artworks and then yeah. we started seeing this one that bart and i Go back and forth. I say it looks like cleavage. Bart says, I think Bart says butt crack. I don't know what he says. But it's, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's art. It's, yeah. It is what you think it is. You interpret it how you want. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of how Jamie interprets it or how we kind of interpret it is like it's like a blank canvas with like a that one little drip of paint or 
yeah, pay, drip, like of a, wine. Yeah, drip of wine down the wine glass or something like yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, people use their imagination. That's for, for sure. I've so, I heard someone say fox ears. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, yeah I can see that too. <laughs> but that, that label, uh, yeah, for us, is supposed to represent an artist's first paint drop down a, a white canvas and kind of tie oh. it in imagery, history of art and wine. Um, and that was, you know, uh, a series of wines that, you know, when I came back to the winery, dad and I kind of teamed up on and, uh, you know, to get imagery on a national level, like how could we do it? Well, we'd have to source from people outside of Sonoma County because we can't afford the fruit up here if we want to scale to a certain um, case production. And then, you know, how are we going to make it imagery, you know, and make it different? And, you know, so to stick with traditional varietals, but, you know, blend in lesser known varietals. So each of the four varietals have something a little different. So Sauvignon Blanc has Muscat, just like the Wowie imagery. Uh, so a spin off that. Um, the Chardonnay Chenin Blanc, uh, is, and Bart's very familiar with Chenin Blanc. Uh, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's made in more of a Chablis style, like just more light and crisp. Um, and then Pinot Noir and Petite Verdot, kind of more of a, you know, a, a masculine Pinot. You know, Benziger is known for 100% Pinot Noir, focusing on clones and, you know, terroir and all that. Whereas, you know, this Pinot is definitely more of your jammy factor, very much more California-like, I would say. And then we have the Cab with Petite Syrah. So all wines that the four wines that are sold under 20 bucks in the grocery store and, you know, just easy to drink, you know, your Tuesday night bottle is what I like to call it. Yeah. Right. Cause I remember when, you know, when I was working at imagery, Joey just had this thing where he refused to make Pinot. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know why. Exactly. I think it was kind of a little bit of brotherly competition, honestly. Like Mike was so into Pinot and dad, I mean, and dad Pino's- always loves Italian varietals. Yeah. Like he, lo- like they called them, I think I read an article where they called them Joey Barbera and he like <laughs> had the biggest smile on his face when I like, <laughs> he was like, oh, I love that name. <laughs> he still gets called that. Yeah. I think it's just such a finicky grape. And uh, as a family, like we bought a vineyard back in the day up in Oregon and they couldn't find anyone to really move up there and take and, uh, and to farm and to manage that vineyard. And so they ended up having to, to sell that. And then um, we came back down and found a property on the coast and um, we've been doing, Benziger has been doing amazing with that. But I just think we, at the start of it, they just didn't have great luck with Pinot, but you know, our family never gives up and just keeps on trekking and, you know, finding out new things to do. And when we finally were able to find a great vineyard here in California and we are farming it biodynamically, uh, you know, I think it was just, um, all ears for Benziger. Yeah. Yeah. And like now Lisa loves to make Pinot, but it is when you think of like Benziger, right. You don't, your first thought isn't, oh, they make, you know, seven different Pinot Noirs, right? So, um, but, you know, we, we do our best and they all, I mean, they're all really nice and they're, they're great um, because we have, well, we have one in Russian River. We have a property in Russian River too as well, Bella Luna. And Le- Le- Bart, did you ever work with Lisa? 
Oh yeah, so uh, Lisa and I started about the same time. I was actually hired, she, was, she worked for a custom crush place um, uh, and came on about a year after I did, um, full time. Um, and she, um, she and I opened imagery together with Terry Nolan, so when they converted it from the brewery to the winery, um, we built that and, and opened it. And then I went back and worked at the ranch and ended up working for Joe and Mike. And Lisa stayed over there and worked with Terry and ran that facility. So I, I, commun I helped John, I mean, I helped Mike and Joe communicate. And, um, <laughs> and Jose told Don't us- shoot the messenger. Don't okay. shoot the messenger. Well, you know, I'll never forget the t first time that I heard one of their shouting matches and it was actually Joey and Jerry. And I was like, oh, so this is what it's like to work for a real family business. Because at Kenwood, they never, they never had shouting matches in front of us. You oh, know? Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the, you know, the passion at um, Benziger was uh, without a doubt, um, first and foremost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad still has that passion. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It's, it's definitely infectious. And I think that's a, a big reason of why me and Jamie got, you know, stayed in the business was because we were surrounded by, you know, you know, Mike and dad and, you know, Chris and Kathy and Mark, um, you know, just people that are so passionate about, you know, growing great fruit and making great wine and, you know, having, you know, creating a great hosp hospitality experience for people. It's like, why wouldn't we want to be a part of that? Um, so, and being able just to go on property, like even as kids and just running around the property and getting to know all the different employees was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, I, you know, we knew Bart when we were little and, you know, running around the property and, you know, we still have Jose and Ignacio and Floriberto who have been working with us for 20 plus years. And they remember us just being pain in the butts. Like, it's actually 30 plus years. Yeah. For, yeah. Jose and like Joaquin and stuff. Yeah, definitely 30 plus years. So, uh, and then now we get to work with them. It, it's really special, but it definitely, you know, you need to get your hands dirty if you want to work with them for them to respect you because they are some of the hardest working uh, men I, I know. So if I am not up there by six thirty seven in the morning every day at harvest, I get an earful from Jose. <laughs> where are you? What are you, where, what? Look at your eyes. Are your eyes okay? Did <laughs> like, you drink too much wine yesterday? <laughs> And, and why didn't you bring donuts with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say growing up too, um, you know, growing up in the family business too, I mean, you definitely learn to grow a thick skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and another thing that you guys or the Benzigers did before anyone else really did is the visitor experience. I mean, you know, the, the tours were, there's a lot of tours now. You can take ABT, ATV tours and stuff, but the fact that taking, I think it was like 30,000 visitors a year when I left um, back in 07 or whatever it was, were coming through for tours. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And then for them to get the experience of, you know, if it was during harvest, they could punch down a tank or, you know, taste the grapes. And, you know, we always had people really involved that were there visiting. Um, and, and that makes a big difference. You can see people light up and, and, and understand the passion behind the wine. Yeah. And people come back and tell us about their experiences that they had like 10, 15 years ago, you know, like we got, you know, we met uncle Chris and he, 
like put us inside a tank and it's like, well, <laughs> it's a different time. Not <laughs> happening today. <laughs> no, but you guys had plenty of people to learn from and use as yeah. mentors. Uh, how great is that really? And look at the family. It's not, you had one to pick from. You had four five, six to look at them all. That must've been a lot of fun actually. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. We yeah. were very fortunate. For and sure. how many times have you gotten best tour in the country? Oh, I mean, an award it j- just came out a couple of weeks ago, right? You're number one <laughs> well, again. Well, and we it is cool. Do win the People's Choice, you know, for Sonoma, the Sonoma Index Tribune. We do win that. Gosh, probably our this is probably our sixth or seventh time in a row. Um, but I think those are happening now, actually. Um, so go yeah. vote. Go vote, right? Go online, go vote. Yeah, go vote. <laughs> just the best uh, in Sonoma. Also, in, just in go all vote. In situations, go vote. Go yeah, vote. Go yeah. Your vote's coming up. It's going to be needed. Yeah, and obviously our tours are still great. I mean, even with our limitations, um, you know, you, we can't bring people into the cave right now, which is a little unfortunate, but, um, you know, we'll get back to it. We're not too concerned. I mean, the property is so beautiful right now that you kind of want to be outside anyways. Are they still taking a few people around on the tram now? Uh, not it, on the tram, uh, just okay. in our, like our little, uh, we have like 12 person golf carts. So we'll do, we'll host groups of six or less. Um, so on tours. And it's great. John, it just never gets old explaining biodyna- biodynamics to people who have no idea what you're talking about. Cause half the time, you know, what they're thinking is these people in California smoke way too much weed. <laughs> But when you when you start talking about packing, you know, manure into cow horns, some people are like, "What the hell are these people doing?" Um, and my favorite experience was when Monsanto ha- ha- did a tour of Benziger. It was a group from Monsanto, like thirty wow. of them, and I was expecting like a full-on culture clash of like, but I thought it was great. Cause like what better thing, but to turn people on from Dow and Monsanto and show them something that they probably had never thought possible. Yeah. Something they knew they'd like to learn to kill. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think once you get on the property and you see how beautiful it is. And I mean, Sam, your dad was a big uh, consultant on, you know, the Benziger property and with uh, right. a lot of our other biodynamic properties. Um, but once you get on these properties that are using organic uh, biodynamic or, you know, regenerative farming, it, I mean, it just, it speaks for itself. Uh, you know, how, how far this, um, and how far this farming, you know, how mm-hmm. it goes. And mm-hmm. it really is, you know, something that will just benefit the next generation, you know, for years to come, for sure. Well, and it can, cannot be understated, you know, how important it's been to our industry, especially, you know, in Sonoma to have 30,000 people a year go to Benziger and, and hear these words for the first time in many cases and sort of start to open up, you know, what that looks like and, and question the way, you know, their other favorite wines have been farmed and, and kind of start down that path. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, an inoculation of a, of a large customer base. Um, that's, that's super important. I can't tell you how many people, you know, end up at 16, 600 because, you know, they got on that path 
at Benziger. I mean, it's, it's a, a very natural progression and, you know, you have the, the volume to, to lift a lot of us up that way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and two shows in a row, we've talked regenerative farming. So I think I was going to ask them that's going to keep popping up. It's going to yeah. keep popping up because it's, you know, we got to do more and farming has this uh, unique ability to to be part of the solution and not just kind of getting out of the way which is what sustainable certainly is and and what um you know organic is the the base that we all need to work from but regenerative has definitely got to be the goal you know sam i first heard that term from phil on our show a year ago or more Um, but you know regenerative farming is exactly what he was practicing and and talking about preaching and it's when you think about being a farmer and owning that land, that is what you own. That's your life. That's it. You want to right. take care of it. And I think, it, you know, I think industrial farming and, you know, the growth in the 80s, 70s and 80s and 90s when, the, you know, when Monsanto took over, et cetera, et cetera. I think they lost all that soul. I think they lost, you know, this is my property. I want to make it better. And I, I think it lost. So I'm I'm really happy that you guys are talking about it. It's it's the best best trend ever. Yeah, yeah. Jason Haas from Topless Creek is sort of planted the flag, just like you guys planted the Demeter um, biodynamic flag. And so we'll see. You know, it's something to aspire to. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Just you know, keep talking about it, and you know, I think more wineries will you know ears will perk, and you know start to practice it did you guys ever hear the story of uh jess jackson landing his helicopter in your parking lot i haven't heard that have you heard that? <laughs> <laughs> he, he wanted to come look at the the arrowwood property oh, and so yeah. he just yeah, yeah, yeah i did hear he that. just called one day and asked if he could land his helicopter in your parking lot <laughs> and they said, i surprised the brothers said yes I said, I'm the wrong guy to ask. Let me get my boss. Yeah. <laughs> Pick that one up the ladder and, and did he? He did. And then I think he purchased it, right? Yeah. They, KJ yeah. owns Arrowwood now. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's any production up there right now, but they have the Tasty Room. Yeah. yeah so, and what's going on with your production facility at Imagery? Um, so that is currently, we shut that down. Uh, that production facility was for our Benziger Sonoma County uh, line of wines. And that will be uh, migrating down um, south. Uh, it will eventually be a Central Coast Appalachian. And so they have shut down the imagery uh, facility for uh, winemaking right now. I don't know what the future is uh, for that property, but um, I think they're you know still thinking about it and you know not sure if they're going to open it back up or you know yeah yeah that's what i was wondering if you guys were going to dismantle it or if it was going to turn into like a crush pad where people you know different people could end up using the space yeah uh that that very well might be uh, i don't think we'll dismantle it it's a it's a great crush pad super efficient um you know like bart lisa and terry they they made that uh that production facility just i mean it, it was it's awesome um to, you remember know, though brian something to remember is is that facility is set up for doing some tonnage you know yeah. i mean i think three thousand right. three thousand tons a year is what we were getting through it and 
Um, so for, for someone to come in, it would probably be like a large winery that would come in and need some space or, or maybe just, um, uh, or, 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 you know, we'll operate it as a custom crush place or a wine storage area. Yeah. And I think that's all been stuff that they've been talking about. Um, but I think right now, just in terms of, you know, uh, what was best for, in terms of money, I think they just decided to, to shut it down. Cause we didn't, we don't have that many great contracts up here in Sonoma County for Sonoma, uh, for the Benziger Sonoma County. Uh, and so that's why they decided to, to shut it down. Right. But I mean, we're still making wine and uh, doing full tonnage over at, uh, at Benziger facility for imagery and Benziger. Right. And so what's the future like for you too? You think, um, I mean, is this sort of a thing you, you, I mean, it's loaded question, right? Yeah. I don't know if you tell your parents, <laughs> but I, I mean, you guys thinking about, they won't listen. Don't worry. Re, are you no thinking about this? retiring um, as the winemaker from imagery, or are you thinking about, you know, maybe some options for you opening up for both of you, you know, in other parts of the industry? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I love being imagery and, uh, you know, carrying the flag, you know, the reins from dad right now. Uh, and that's where I'm happy uh, to say that's like gonna be, you know, the end all be all for me. I, I can't say that right now, but. Um, Especially right in the middle now, of I, harvest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to quit yeah. right now, as a matter of fact. I'm out. I'm gonna go sell shoes. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> but we, we both like, we, we love, uh, I mean, the, the property we get to work on and, um, you know, the people we get to work with, it's almost, you can't, we don't know if you, the grass is greener on the other side anywhere else. So we're, we're really happy with, it's not, yeah, we're really happy with (laughs) being at Benziger and, you know, working with our uncle and, you know, some of our really longtime employees and our new employees and, you know, just kind of keeping, you know, trying to stay the face of Benziger and imagery because it really, I mean, even though right now it's still owned by a larger corporation, we very much feel like it's, you know, still our, our family, our family home. And, uh, maybe they don't like that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, it's, it's a special place for us. And, you know, uh, you know, Chris, Jill, and I just want to, you know, keep it that way for now. You know, I think having us be, be there helps our employees to, you know, uh, stay optimistic and, and positive and, you know, make it feel like a family run place, you know, with us three being on property every day. Right. Yeah. And I would wine- agree with that. I think it yeah, makes a big impact. Yeah. Awesome. The wines are tasting awesome at both places. And, you know, for me, I know for me personally, and I think for Jamie as well, like we're both still having a lot of fun. Like we go to work. I mean, I laugh a good majority of my day at work. So when that stops, you know, then maybe I'll think about something else. But right now, um, you know, it's, they've been treating us well. I think, you know, the wine groups brought a lot of life back into the company. They've definitely, this is, it's been huge during this pandemic. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Benzigers do not know technology. (laughs) 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 Um, But no, they've been, they've been great to the employees and to, to us. So, um, you know, we can't complain at all. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good place to end it.
Perfect. Thank you guys um, so much for having us. This is awesome. I, yeah, thank you. You guys. Thank you guys, and and Jamie, good luck with the rest of your harvest. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. get back to where you see Bart over there. I can't wait to get back <laughs> over there and press. Ryan, I have more than all that thing. Yeah, uh, Jill, have or, or and Jamie, have you seen Hello Kitty? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> I had to because a, 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 a listener brought it to me, and I had to bring it up. So Okay, so explain what you're talking about. For you know the brand Hello Kitty, right? Yeah. It's like Sanrio. Okay. Sanrio, I think, is the name of it. Oh, is it? Sanrio is Hello Kitty. I think that's... And oh, so they brought, they brought out with that label of Hello Kitty and, and the name Kitty Cab, K-A-P. And where are they sourcing this fruit from, John? Wherever the, the fuck they can. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's saying, Bart. And, and the reviews are, oh, this is okay to, are you kidding me? What, why? Well, well, you know, so. I mean, I we just, just had. It was interesting. It's yeah. hysterical branding, you know. Well, we just also had Taco Bell come out with their own wine oh, as yeah. well. Saw, we saw that. <laughs> yeah, I think only available in Canada right now. Canada must have lower threshold for pain because. <laughs> no, they don't drink anything. What in is Canada. it like a jalapeno <laughs> something? Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's supposed to be eaten with a specific burrito or something, and probably pairs well with tequila. I'd yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> or after five shots of tequila, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need five shots before you get into it. Yeah. Oh my god! All right, so you guys look for Hello Kitty Cab. I imagine you can just Google Hello Kitty Cab. And it, it probably is the same juice that we have inside our winemakers podcast bottles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gave us. To never open. It's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like water with a little bit of purple number five in there or something. Who knows? Yeah, I haven't been brave enough to actually open that bottle. I, 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 you know. <laughs> don't, don't. I understand, Sam. Yeah. Believe me, it won't. Uh, speaking of Ed, though, we should um, – he uh, told us we needed to shout out to this, uh, this list – of 30 wine podcasts the top 30 wine podcasts and we were number nine on it i guess yeah we were in the top uh, just a little behind levy dalton yeah, yeah which, we're just a couple uh, is, a couple slots below i'll drink to that with levy dalton right 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 <laughs> i like that yeah. those were only like twice a year and some some were closely associated with um sommelier organizations and right. things like that so uh, yeah congratulations guys yeah cool. great That's team good. man so it's good you know all press is good press yeah. right Except and, for the hard press cuts we're on, of twenty twenty, we are now carried on Amazon Music. So oh, Amazon yeah, music. we're cool. we're everywhere you can possibly want to listen. Right. <laughs> and Sean, Make you Jamie know, quick... and Jill famous. Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be I don't, nice. know, I don't know who's helping who. Um, I do want to get a shout out to Joel Burt from Las Haras because he did um, drop off that bottle of twenty seventeen Pinot from Oregon that. We all got to try um, yesterday. So thank you, Joel. That just showed up at the hotel. Totally different expression of of supposed smoke taint than the stuff that we made in 2017. That was like directly impacted. Uh, you know, super ripe. That was it. Was those wines were way more obvious. This was, um, you know, it was uh, it was definitely not a perfect bottle of wine, but um, it was it wasn't terrible. 
No. Uh, it might get worse as it ages, probably will. I also thought there might have been a little Brett, but maybe um That's what I was saying right right when I yeah. first tried it. And then after it opened up for a little while, then I started to get that the back notes of the of the smoke. But yeah. Well and the yeah. name of the it was like smoke brand wine or something, right? That like they, yeah. they didn't really think that one through, I don't think. Yeah, and I think Ian Blessing was a little upset. He saw my Instagram and, and said, Oh, be forget twenty seventeen, they actually do make really good wine. So um that's posted on the Instagram for listening. You want to see you it. You should post the picture of the people playing golf on that. It was probably somebody related to Joey Benziger, frankly, uh, playing golf <laughs> while that Columbia Gorge fire was burning in the mountains behind them, like finishing out their round, you know? So uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that should have been the label for those guys in 2017. It's a great photo. And Sam, you have it. So you post that. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, Jill and Jamie, thank you so much, you guys. We totally appreciate it. Bye, Bye guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, nice hey, you. we should probably tell people how to check you guys out on, oh, right. on the Google. Yeah. On, so, on the Google? Well, yeah, on the, the internet Google. in general. Yeah. Like website? Instagram, yeah. Instagram, yeah, the whole deal. Facebook, Twitter. Uh, so uh, Instagram, we're at, uh, at Benziger Winery uh, and at Imagery Winery. And then for websites, uh, www.imagerywinery.com and www.benzigerwinery.com. Okay. And any future artists out there, if you want to submit artwork, um, submit Give it to Brian to, first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to end up in my kitchen. <laughs> That's fine. Send it. Yeah. Send it to me. That's perfect. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll uh, thank you listeners. If you want to check out some of the past episodes, go to radiomisfits.com backslash the winemakers. Look forward to talking next week. Have a good harvest. Subscribe, review, subscribe, review. Subscribe, review.